0: Welcome to Couch Chats, your go to podcast for raw and inspiring messages from myself and other female entrepreneurs all around business and mindset. I am your host, Jess Williamson, an award winning business and mindset coach and a serial entrepreneur having scaled four successful businesses. My purpose is to help you unleash your unique superpowers and to build the life and business of your dreams. Let's get into today's episode. Welcome to the last episode of 2021, and I wanted to do something fun. So I've had some pretty amazing guests on the podcast this year, plus some pretty good solo episodes, if I do say so myself, and it's been jam-packed with value. So I thought, why not create a complete episode here with some of the best bits from 2021 on Couch Chats. So let's get into it. I've got some fun bits and pieces to share with you. Up first, I have my interview with Emma Isaacs, the founder of Business Chicks. One thing I did love in the book was your what for principle and I think that is the most tangible way to think of that exactly what you said so can you share a little bit about this because honestly this was one of my favorite parts how did you sort of realize this because sometimes your brain might have just been doing that automatically but to teach other people how to do that is super super valuable.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And this one requires a little bit of sensitivity and a little bit of compassion as well, because, you know, we have to give ourselves a little bit of slack as human beings and that we do wake up and we do the things we've always done. And we have whatever's in the pantry. We don't think about it. We go to an office or we go to our dining room and we just, we are living on autopilot without questioning what needs to change. Right. So This idea and the book which you're talking about, Jess, is really condensed lots of my wisdom or my experiences and stories have been condensed into 77 what we call anti-rules. And one of the rules in the book is I encourage people to think about the question, what for? And really this is a question that comes up, you know, with the people who are closest around me in my business. And I also encourage my team members to to think about this question all the time because, you know, like we had an example in our, we we have an all-hands meeting every Tuesday And we had an all-hands meeting yesterday and, you know, someone was talking about writing an article about something and I just, again, very gently said, "Oh, what for? <laughs> what are we doing that for?" And and the person who was you know sharing with the team, she was like, "Oh," and she didn't really have an answer. And it's just it, it was a, it was kind of a lovely little illustration of, "Oh, yeah, like there's no real point to do this. Like it is actually not going to move the business forward. It's actually not going to change anything. It's actually not going to give us any further outcome." And I think this is where my interest and curiosity lies because I think in not just entrepreneurial businesses, I think in wider corporate. Businesses, how we've traditionally measured success is by the input, right? Like how much work we do, how much time we sit at our desks, how much sleep we don't get. I don't care for any of those things. You know, I care for the output. I care for what the results are and how we've actually grown as a business and grown as people. So yeah, I'm glad you like that rule. It's what for. It's just, it's just really encouraging people to question why they do certain things and can there be a better way? Do you need to stop doing certain activities, start doing other activities, or continue doing the same ones? So again, it just comes back to interrupting and interrogating the why we do the certain activities we do in our careers and in our businesses, because we don't always need to.
0: Yeah, no, I love that. It's just super simple as well. But so many people overlook it, I guess, and don't necessarily see why we're doing those things. So I think that is really, really amazing. Now I'm going to share my favorite part from my solo episode all about limiting beliefs. So we want to overcome our limiting beliefs so that you can actually reach your fullest potential, achieve all your dreams and really get past procrastination, anxiety, imposter syndrome. These are all reactions of a limiting belief. And that's why I get so, so excited talking about limiting beliefs and helping my clients and, you know, running workshops and inside of my dreamers and doers membership. We work through this because you might feel like you're procrastinating. You might feel anxious or have imposter syndrome or any other negative outcome, but we can't really treat procrastination. What are we going to do about it? Push through it and just try a bit harder. No, we need to actually get to the root of that. And that is a limiting belief. So people often blame their current situations on external things such as their family, their job, whatever else it is. But when you start to realize that you create your entire reality based on your thoughts, thoughts create a feeling and a feeling then creates an action that then creates your reality. So we can actually then, as long as we can understand that, We can rewire that. We can start taking ownership back of our reality being a result of our thoughts that started all and we can move forward and build out that dream life that we've always thought was never possible or never really reachable for us. So the good news is we can change your limiting beliefs at any time, but it doesn't mean that it's going to be easy. But a commitment and a greater level of self-awareness really does make it possible. So the most common limiting beliefs that I hear are a fear of failure. We don't want to try too hard in case we fail, right? Or we don't want to put ourselves out there in case we fail. There's also a fear of success. I know this might sound crazy, but people are actually afraid of success because of the stories they've written in their head. Maybe they think success means never getting to see your family. Maybe they think success makes people evil. You might have one of these limiting beliefs. So if this triggers anything for you, make sure you write it down. But maybe you've got a fear that you're not good enough to achieve what you want or you don't have enough knowledge or your fear of rejection, or even fear of judgment. You don't want to put yourself out there and talk about something that's important to you because you're worried on what others might think, whether that's friends or family, or even just strangers on the internet. Maybe you feel like you don't deserve, or you're not worthy of success. Or maybe you have a limiting belief around the fact that you have to work very hard and very long hours to earn money. There are so, so many limiting beliefs, but I just wanted to share a few of the most common ones so that you can maybe identify some that you have been telling yourself for so long. One of my favourite episodes this year was with Samantha Wills. She is a jewellery icon and it was such a pleasure to interview her. So let's have a listen. You speak a lot about imposter syndrome throughout your journey. In the beginning, yes, you know, going to New um Fashion Week in the beginning, but yeah. you had it coming up. Even once, Taylor Swift had worn your jewellery, you know, pink and all of these incredible celebrities. You had a huge team in Sydney as well as yes. the millions of dollars, but that imposter syndrome was still there. And I think a lot of people think that when you hit that, you're like, I've made it and, you know, I'm I'm confident in that. But yeah. messages were still coming up for you. So, um what I want to know is, does it, did it ever get easier for you or what was sort of going through your mind and what advice would you have to anyone who's going through that?
2: Yeah. It's, I, I wanted to, I even, um, personified imposter syndrome in the book, he got its own character because it's so prevalent in my life. Um, and for so long, I was like, I just got to get rid of it. I've got to get rid of this imposter syndrome. And now I'm like I just I don't think it ever goes away to be honest to answer that question but the point of me saying that is because I think that it takes so much energy to try and cut something out and if it's never going to go away I'm like the energy you exert to do that is just you know exhausting so um my approach now is to learn to live alongside it and how do we you know coexist with with this being in our lives um so I'm kind of like all right you know I see you I I hear you I got the message can you just give me 10 minutes while I you know, get X, Y, Z done. And um, I actually was asked recently to write an op-ed on imposter syndrome for a a really high-profile women's magazine. And I was like, hey, this is great. So I sat down and then I'm like, you know, imposter syndrome, you know, pipes up this and then imposter syndrome was like, you don't know what you're talking about. Like, what do you know about imposter syndrome? And I'm like, seriously? <laughs> so it's it's something that's so prevalent in my life that um, I think it's really important to uh, separate the fact from fiction. So, um, you know, our mind can just go down rabbit holes. And I think, you know, if you make imposter syndrome a person, and be like, if I was in conversation with this person, would I sit here and, and be spoken to like this? And the answer is no. So I think it's like, all right, let's, um, you know, put a stop to this conversation in our mind and kind of, you know, take take a step back. Um, I think the other thing too is putting it in, would those words, if those words were said to your best friend, what would you do about it and you know we wouldn't we would not allow anyone to speak to our best friend that way so we're not we're not going to allow an imposter syndrome to speak to us that way and I think in, in the instance I use this a lot I'm like we, we have to be the adult and you know I'm 39 years old and sometimes I'm like oh god I just I need an adult to fix this and I'm like no no you are the adult <laughs> so um you know with the imposter syndrome I'm like you gotta you have to be the adult and step in on on that conversation
0: Up next, I have my solo episode all about time versus energy management and why we don't need time management at all. This episode got so much great feedback, so I hope you enjoy this snippet. We don't need time management at all. We actually need energy management. Let me tell you what I mean by that. We tend to focus on how we split up our time instead of how we split our energy. But the amount of energy we put into something does correlate with what we get out of it, not just time. If we put a lot of time but no energy, you're not really going to get much out of it, right? While you can never give something 100% of your time, you can give it 100% of your energy at any given time. And by energy, I mean presence, attention, awareness, time is external. We can't control it. We get 24 hours a day. Once time has passed, we can never get it back. Whereas energy is actually an internal resource. We can control it. We can monitor it. We can understand it. You can even expand the amount of energy you have when you manage it well. You can't expand the amount of time you have but we need to replenish our energy. If we don't replenish it, our effectiveness and our efficiency are going to get less and less. So we need to look at managing our energy more than we manage our time. That's why the concept of energy management is going to be key in achieving the fulfillment and success that you want, not just in business, but in all areas of your life. You only get out what you put in. And it means that if you only give something 25% of your energy, you're only going to get back 25% or maybe even less. That's why multitasking is not efficient, even though we all still try and do it. We know that it's not efficient, but we keep trying to do it. If you have 100% of your energy and you're dividing that across four different projects or four different tasks, That's only 25% of your energy per task. It's not efficient at all. Sometimes it would even take you longer to complete those tasks because you're only operating at 25%. So the key takeaway I want you to realize in order to be more efficient and achieve more is that we need to stop thinking about balance as splitting up our quantity and time but more so look at balance of splitting up our quality and energy. I had the pleasure of having my friend Ashley Jade on the podcast, and we spoke all about how mindset has played a huge role in her journey. Now I wanted to quickly touch on, so mindset is the number one thing I talk about. It's like The number one key to success really is mindset and and being able to manage your own thoughts. Now, you obviously come across super confident on your social media and, you know, people do see you working with these amazing brands. But I know from speaking to a ton of incredible entrepreneurs that no one is immune to mindset blocks, like imposter syndrome, or, you know, just anything, the fear of failure, fear of success, any of these things can come up for anyone. So have you had any of these thoughts? And if so, what ones have been like prominent for you in your journey?
3: Can I say all of the above? (laughs) Um, (laughs) The main one that sticks out straight away is imposter syndrome. And whenever an opportunity would arise, Alex, my husband, um, brought it to my attention that I was always saying, oh, my God, no, I can't do that. Every time, every time I would get an email or I was asked to do something that was outside of my comfort zone. I was like, why are they asking me? What the hell? And I always was riddled with so much doubt. And I had to be reassured that, well, there's obviously something in you that they see and there's a reason why they've asked you. Um, So I had to really combat that by saying yes. And something I've learned is to get comfortable with getting uncomfortable. Yeah. That's like
0: one of my favorite quotes (laughs) as well.
3: (laughs) I love it. And when I realized that it's only in the last few months, I think since leaving my full-time job, I've really, I'm more self-aware and I'm more aware when that those feelings creep up. And so I acknowledge them and I will tell my husband and I'll I'll only confide in him or a close friend, but or I will share my experience of how I combat it and get over it or get through it. Um, but, yeah, they do arise here and there. And another one that really crippled me probably more was uh, perfectionism because back um, when I was do I think it came from my pageant days because you were being judged every day or every time you're doing a comp on literally the way you look. Sometimes the comps had speaking parts, but you had to make your personality shine through just being on stage. And so yeah. I would think overthink everything, everything before I put it out. I was always thinking, Oh my God, is this good enough? Are the colors? Okay. Does it go well? And that kind of mentality on social media is so crippling and it's, you can't enjoy it anymore. And one thing I learned last year was to just take messy action and to stop caring because you're probably thinking about it so much more and your audience don't really care they're like I just want to see the content I don't care what your feed looks like some people do find aesthetic pleasing like aesthetically pleasing um pages you know nice to look at and all that jazz but are you enjoying what you're putting out there and is there a nice flow to like you just gotta yeah when make yourself more aware of it when it's happening and capture it and be like do I is this how I want to be spending my time on the online space hell no (laughs)
0: This next snippet was from my episode all about building a six figure mindset and overcoming comparison. And this was something that I just had to say. It had to be said and I'd seen it all over social media. So here we go. What I want to know is why, why we as women or why other people, I don't do this. So tell me why we feel the reason, the need to discredit someone else's success To make ourselves feel better, I've seen this going around Instagram, on comments, on Facebook groups, all over the place. People are even making reels about it, about the fact that when someone says they make six figures, it is their revenue and not their profit, and that profit is what matters. Now, yes, profit does matter, but why do we feel the need to point this out? Why do we feel the need to discredit someone else's success? That is the question that I want you to ask yourself because guess what? It takes a hell of a lot of effort. It takes a hell of a lot of hard work, determination, and perseverance and continuing on when things get tough. It isn't easy to go out there and create your own business and to make six figures in your first year or however much you're making whether it's $10, whether it's, you know, $100,000, It's still a freaking huge success. Like that has taken a lot of energy, a lot of guts, so much stepping out of your comfort zone, so many things to get there. So why do we feel the need to point out the fact that this is their revenue and not their profit? This needs to be celebrated. That is a huge, huge achievement if you've gone out there and made six figures in your business. And I'm using six figures as an example because this is the one that I see spoken about the most over social media and the one that people seem to be discrediting the most. I want to know why are we not celebrating these women? These amazing women have gone out there, defied all odds, gotten out of their comfort zone and done something that is by no means easy. They've gone against what society tells us to do and they are chasing their dreams and creating a business that they actually love and that actually makes some income from it. So why do we feel the need to discredit that? I'm just so confused and I see people putting this out there so strongly And I'm going to share something with you because yes, a change in perspective can definitely help. If you're stuck in comparison and you're feeling down about yourself in your business, a change in perspective can help. However, I feel like this kind of change in perspective is actually doing more damage than good because what it's doing is keeping you stuck in comparison. You're still comparing, right? You're saying, Oh, actually, they didn't do as well as I thought they did. So that makes me feel better about my business and where I'm at. Like, where is the logic in that? Comparison is real and comparison can be debilitating and stopping us from getting to our goals. However, there is a much more effective way to chase your goals and to change your perspective. I'm going to share with you a better way to work on your mindset than discrediting someone else's success. I want to see more women supporting each other and saying, hey, congratulations. That's actually freaking amazing that you went out there and did something that was uncomfortable and actually made an income from it. The next snippet is with Instagram, Queen, Brooke Valinovich and We spoke all about Instagram, of course, but she got really, really deep and vulnerable in this episode. And she shared quite a lot of personal details and the things that most people don't speak about in business. So enjoy. So community to me means relationships
4: and relationships are built on conversation. So you need to start thinking more about starting a conversation rather than just pushing out a message and how you can get your audience and your followers to interact and engage as much as possible. So on your posts asking questions, which people, especially when your account is new, people don't always answer and that's fine, so there's other ways to go about it. On your stories, using the interaction stickers, there's so many interaction stickers in stories. There's the poll sticker, there's the question sticker, um, there's the quiz sticker, there's the emoji slider. There's so many options that are easier for a follower to interact with you rather than, you know, asking a question on a post and wanting them to give a really long answer. Um, and then just being responsive. So if people do comment, making sure that you respond. If you get DMs, making sure you check them. I know mean, so many people that say, oh, I don't even check my other DM folder. But I get so many DMs through there. Obviously, there's a lot of spam, but i real people that want to have a real conversation and you do need to check that. So doing everything that you can to build that engagement and have that conversation is going to create the relationships and build your community over time.
0: This next episode was the first one that I have ever done about being an introvert and how that is really your superpower. I shared some personal stories, but also some really great tips. And to be honest, All of the introverts came out of the woodworks and the feedback was amazing. So make sure you listen to the full episode, but here's a little sneak peek. I want to help you be proud of yourself, you know, be confident, um, and embrace those quieter traits because they are special, but just because you're quieter doesn't mean you shouldn't be celebrating yourself. You shouldn't be celebrating the wins or being proud of yourself. That more so comes from possibly confidence and you can be confident and quiet. I'm not here to say let's all be confident and be extroverts and be super loud, but I want you to understand that it can exist together. So I've given you guys a few examples. Often that confidence and skill or knowledge is attributed with how loud or quiet you are. And when someone's more quiet, people tend to assume, and we're all guilty of that as well, we tend to assume that they're more nervous, they may be inexperienced or maybe not as fun. However, throughout my journey, I've realized that that is not true and it doesn't have to be true for you either. So I want to distinguish here between gaining confidence and being loud or something that you're not, firstly, um, because you can be both or you can be a quiet and introvert and also confident because I've done it. I used to be quiet, introverted, shy, and not confident um, or not as confident, but I've done a lot of personal growth and I've built out that confidence over the past few years and no, it wasn't always comfortable, but you guys, if I can do it, you guys can do it too. Um, so I would have never actually spoken on here. I would have probably never have shown up here in the past. I would have never gone on stages and spoken. Um, I would have never done many, many things if I sat behind the fact that I was quiet and I allowed that to not let me be confident, to not realize that I actually had an important message to share, to realize that my voice matters as well. Yes, I'm not the loudest person in the room, but when I do say something, it's going to damn well have an impact because when you are quieter, when you have these traits, it doesn't mean you have to sit behind the scenes. You can still show up in your own way. You can show up and be confident. Up next is the episode Lessons from a 150k quarter and this one I was fresh out of the shower. I had a revelation and I had to share it on Instagram Live, but here's a little snippet of what it was all about. Now that I can reflect on that, this was just a massive wake up call going in, logging into my accounting software and seeing those numbers. But I was able to go to the beach twice last week. I've been able to have more rest. I've been able to do some exercise, eat properly, relax. I've watched some cool shows on Netflix, read some books, invested in myself. I've done so much learning and and doing what really lights me up and thrives. So those are some learnings I wanted to share. What I would love for you to take away over the weekend or tonight, if you're like me, you'll be like, I'm going to do it straight away. Have a look at your numbers because guess what? Numbers don't lie. Numbers don't lie, but our brains do. I'm going to say that again. Numbers don't lie, but our brains do because it's focusing on all the shit going wrong. So go and have a look at your numbers. Look at your social media numbers. Look at your accounting numbers. Look at your bank account and be freaking proud of what you've achieved, because if you're in business, that means you have done that. You've done it. Even if you've outsourced it, even if you've got a team, you've done it. If you're the business owner, you're the business founder, you have done that. That is friggin' crazy. Whatever it is that you've done, if you've made one sale, if you've had one person see your post on social media that made an impact, even if you don't know it, you're making an impact right now. And that is honestly why I'm showing up here straight out of the shower like I don't even care. Because I was like, if someone can take one thing away from what I'm having to say here, that'll be my year made, right? (laughs) So... What are you focusing on is what I want you to take away. I also had the pleasure of having Erica Kramer, the Queen of Confidence, on the podcast. And of course, we spoke about confidence. We spoke about all of the fun things. She is such a fun energy to be around. So enjoy this
5: little snippet. So I look at it as a practice because there's no final destination, right? Like you can't reach confident. Uh, It's it's something you're confident and then a bird shits on your head when you walk outside and you're like, oh, you know, like it comes and goes. So number one is choice. And basically choice is all about you making a decision on what you need to do because we all have decisions that we're not making. And that's why we're struggling. We're not happy. We're in jobs we hate. We're in relationships that don't serve us. So number one, what's the big ass decision that you know you need to make? What's that choice that you haven't made? Write it out. It should be scary. Number two is courage. And I wrote courage because confidence does take courage. But courage is not this lion in the room, this amazing, strong thing. Courage is a scared, shaky voice, shaky kneecaps, self-doubt to the extreme. So basically, I want you to know if you're doubting yourself, if you're scared as hell, if there's pee dripping down your leg, that's courage. Like that's courage. Can you move anyway? So number one, make a choice. Number two, scared as hell. Amazing, you're right on track. Number three (laughs) is create. And create is all about what's the small step, the small, tiny, one little baby action step that you can do to make that big decision and big choice happen. I didn't put this as action on purpose because we hustle and we do, do, do so much. And sometimes all the shit that you do is just exhausting you and it's not adding to your, your step. And so instead of taking action, can you take aligned action? What can you create? Maybe the action you want to take doesn't exist. Mm. Maybe you can't do it. So can you create a way to make that decision happen in a, in a small step? And that small step basically, uh, what's the word called? Snowballs into momentum. So number three is about create. What's one tiny thing you can do? I want to run a live event. Pick a date. Find a venue. Tell people on Instagram you're going to do it. Make sense? The little one. Yeah. Number four is consider. So after you took that step, that action, consider how did you go? How was it? This is all about evaluating what you do. So many times we don't evaluate our own action. We don't we don't give ourselves props for taking action and we don't evaluate when shit hits the fan. So evaluate is about did, you, did, it, did it go really well? Was it amazing? Great, high five. Or did you suck? Like was that bad? Uh, this is where people say fail. I don't use the word fail because I can never fail. And I think, again, back to point one, our words – matter. So it's like, mm-hmm. if I say I failed, therefore I'm a failure, I don't want to jump back into the practice of confidence. So I say, okay, that sucked. I learned that that guy I came to Australia for was an asshole. <laughs> I <learned Yeah. laughs> That wasn't a good decision, you know? So cool. What did you learn from the action you took in number three? Boom. I learned this, take that, put it in your pocket. Cause you're yeah. going to need that when you keep going. And then number five is continue and continue is literally like go back to one. Make a choice. Courage. Boom. So courage and continue become this like wind that keeps you moving mm. into the practice. It's a continuous practice. And no matter where you are in it, one to five, you could go, I'm here. Okay. What do I need to do next, go back to one or go to three, wherever you are, it, like takes you step by step. And I did it because I really wanted to break down that every single one of us can be confident in the moment. Like today, like right now, maybe you stopped. Maybe you fell down really hard and you made it mean that you're a failure and that you suck and that no one wants to buy what you have to sell or whatever. And you fell down and you're on the floor with a little cut on your knee and you haven't stood back up. So you're technically in four. You haven't continued. And then the longer you sit your ass on that floor, the more you doubt yourself. And the more you doubt yourself, the more it creeps in. And then it puts like a crowbar into your practice of confidence. So my whole thing is like, if you fall, which you will, we all fall. (laughs) get your ass back up fast, like fall fast and get up. Like not real yeah. fast, but fall fast. You're going to fall flat on your ass. Can you get your ass back up and not look around? Nobody cares that you fell. They're falling too. You know, like you fall, you get up and then boom, back to one. Now, what do I need to do? What's my choice? What's my decision that I need to make? And so that's the whole thing about the practice of confidence. And in the book, I break down like where the sabotage happens in each step because there is sabotage that happens. Um, yeah, But that's really it it's a quick little process that can help you keep moving because that's the whole point we got to keep moving
0: last but not least because this is the 11th snippet i couldn't just choose 10 so here we are with 11. it is my episode on redefining success and what that really means to you so enjoy redefining what success looks like. And I wanted to chat about particularly building a million dollar business from home and really normalizing that idea as well. I really want to define what success really means because have you ever stopped and asked yourself what your idea of success really is? If you can remove all societal conditioning, remove all expectations from others, and even the expectations of yourself. When we remove all of this, What does success really mean to you? Because at the end of the day, to me, success simply means what makes you the happiest. Now, other people might have different definitions. And again, people have different definitions of what happy looks like as well. But for me, success really is what makes me the happiest. So this is the time where you need to stop and ask yourself, why am I doing what I'm doing? Why am I running my business? What does success really mean to me? Because I've been on my own journey to get here as well. Didn't happen overnight. And I loved my other businesses. They definitely played their part and I learned a lot throughout the process, but they didn't embody exactly what success meant to me. So the traditional idea of success, when we think of success, we think of the big shiny office, the large team of people, lots of money, designer goods, big stages. You know, if you're speaking on big stages or getting published in massive publications, maybe jet setting around the world, business class or first class and so much more. But these are just some of the common ideas, right? And when we picture that in our head, it looks like possibly someone in a suit or, you know, all of these preconceived ideas that We've learned over the time, society has built up this idea of what success looks like. Now, over the past year, we've had the biggest shakeup in my life's history in regards to changing some of these beliefs. And I think that we are definitely on the right path, but there is so much societal conditioning and even just the expectations of yourself and others that can sometimes cloud the direction that we're trying to go. So if we're not 100% clear, or even 99% would be great, but if we're not super clear on what success really means to us, then we may end up somewhere else. Now that somewhere else might still be nice, but it's just missing something, right? So if we're not super clear on that, we might end up somewhere else. Well, that was fun taking a little trip back down Couch Chats 2021 memory lane. And I hope you got a lot out of it. I mean, I jam packed all the best bits into this one short episode so that you can Finish this year with a bang. If you did enjoy any of them, please go back, re listen to them. If you've listened to them before, listen to them again because you can always continue learning, always continue growing, and you may even pull something different out each time. So go back and have a listen to some of those episodes throughout the past year and If you did enjoy any episodes from 2021, please screenshot, share this to your social media. Make sure you tag me at jess.williamson8 and please do leave a review. Your reviews mean the world and it does help other people find this podcast as well. So please hit subscribe, hit that follow button and make sure you do leave a review because honestly it would mean the world. I hope you all are having the best end to the year and cannot wait to share with you what I've got planned for the following year. Have an amazing time. Speak to you all soon.